Magnify your name because your name. In the presence of the Lord, beautiful in this house today. The name of Jesus, the revelation of that name and who he is. What he's going to do and what he's doing for us. The Bible makes it clear that he's the savior of the world. He's a bishop of our souls. He's the high priest. It's in this name that all power in heaven and earth is given to this name. Unifying deliverance from powers of darkness and hopelessness and situations. This is the name to call on. If you want to be cleansed from your sins, this is the name to call on. If you want to be healed from any infirmities or diseases, this is the name to call on. Thank God for the revelation of this beautiful name. It's the only name we need called Jesus. Angels adore him, bow down to him. But nobody represents him quite like his church his bride upon this earth that's been washed in that name that bears that name that knows how to call on that name that knows how to put their confidence and trust in the name sometime you may not have time to say nothing but the name but it's enough it's enough in that moment because he's a very present help in the time of trouble. Lord bless you this morning. You may be seated. So good to see each one of you and come to worship with us. So good to have brother and sister Carol with us. God bless them. Sister Fanna's mom and dad. Amen. God bless them this morning. Man, it's good to have Jonathan with us. Olivia's friend, good to see him with us. Good to see others. Here today to worship the Lord. Let's give all a good hand this morning. Praise God. Let our classes go back. Amen. Pray for our Sunday school teachers and our students that God would bless them and strengthen them. Praying for them this week that God would just touch them, move upon their hearts, their spirit. And they just got a little small window of a week try to impart the word of God into our children's hearts and souls and mind compared to the rest of the world. So I pray for a special touch and, a touch and anointing of God upon them to put it into their hearts and minds and spirit. To have a love for this, have a love for this apostolic doctrine, to have a love for truth. Amen. To know truth, to let truth, truth is what sets or makes us free. Thank God for truth this morning, a revelation of that truth. Amen. And I love for it. You know, I was just, as we were singing, and uh, there's, there's none that can counsel us. Isaiah talks about it, that he is the Almighty, the Everlasting, the Prince of Peace, and the Counselor. And you know what? The Scriptures taught us that he shares that glory with none other. And it was just like the Holy Ghost said, prompt me and reassured said that's the reason you don't go to any other place to get counsel they're trying to start with and rob things that don't belong to them to start with 
because there's really only one. Now, I know he set up a five-fold ministry and saints of God and the house of God, and, but all of it goes back, even the gifts, to that one Lord and to that one Spirit. And all the avenues are going to work together. And I promise you, it will not give directions contrary to what's in this book. But it's all going to line up. It's all going to join together. It's all going to be saying the same thing. So, we want to be the voice that God wants us to be in the world that we're living. And the times that we're living. To love this gospel. To love this truth. To love even the separation. To love holiness. Inwardly. It's just as important and maybe more important. And the outwardly, it all works hand in hand. It works together. To be the servants God's calling us to be in the world that we're living and the times that we're living. Where there's so many voices and opinions. And now with technology given access. And you know, at one time this nation depended upon heavily upon just local assemblies. The home. At one time, there was no, really no means of uh, exposure outside of the home itself and the local neighbors. Then the small towns began, and one of the first things you see built before they would call it a town would be a, you know, you'd have grocery stores, convenience stores, but it'd always be a church somewhere pretty quick. And also, you'll notice that other things were built. It wouldn't take long. The devil wouldn't just sitting back. He had others, a man that's looking for means and ways. And, but thank God for a church. Church is very important. It's a very important item in our lives. Probably the most important above everything else. And to be a part of that and to, re, to resemble the church and the body of believers. And, and all of this works hand in hand as the servants of God. And as the one writer called said, we're the spiritual epistles. We're the only church that some people's ever going to see, possibly, before they ever persuaded to come into a building. I know with technology now that we can actually, and I'm not in favor of that here. You might one day, and that's fine. I'm not preaching against it. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But, uh, but now we can even take and expose it out there and let them see. I'm not sure just how much God wants them to see before they actually come and become a part of it. And I got some tabernacle plan to back that up. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm jumping off in some stuff. But anyway, you and I are spiritual epistles of Jesus Christ and who he is and what he can do. It's not by our power and might. Even in the Old Testament, as Jerusalem was moved upon, it wasn't going to be by your power and might. You're not only going to lay the foundation, you're going to do the finish by what? By the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God. That's who's going to. And so God's intention through Jesus Christ and the church today in this Gentile time and area, it's a call to whosoever will. And that's our lesson. It's actually two or three things working hand in hand together in our lesson today. Amen. As we look at who belongs. 
who belongs. Thank God that decision not left up to you and I. We don't decide that. We're just the source of the word of God and the seed is the word. We don't pick the soil. We don't even, we don't try to clean it up by our own methods. Our own powers. No more than we tried to create a move of God with artificial things. Neither can we come up with methods and means to remove stones. It's the word of God that, that worked through us first. And as we, as we give them the word, as we become that light, as we become that example of the power of his word and of his spirit as a servant, this is what opens the avenue up to whosoever will. Whosoever's persuaded is convinced that there's something that's radiating out of that earthen vessel, radiating out of that life. This is how Jesus walked. Never a man spake like this man. Never a man speaking to withered hands before lines. Neither has a man walked and accomplished and achieved things. And, and, and I know we'd all love to just walk in the supernatural all the time and just to speak the things and it would happen. But you know what? Even Jesus at times would allow certain efforts to have to take place. And I mean, he's the one that took this few loaves and broke them and fed 5,000. He could just as easily told the disciples that day when he sent them into town to get that McDonald lunch for one man. They could have looked at him and said, well, Jesus, a few days ago, man, you took, you are the one that could take these stones and turn them to bread. So that's where all this begins to play hand and works together as servants of God. You've heard me say this, and especially here in the last year or so, we're not exempt from heartaches, disappointments, trials, even of the attack of the enemy. If we were, then the statement that the devil made about Job would be correct. But it's not. We love him and serve him because he first loved us. And it doesn't matter what comes or goes or who he sends us or what type of servant that you and I are today. 30% or a 60 or maybe even a 100. But we're his servants and we're his vessels. Paul went as far as saying... Telling the Corinthian church, it's a dangerous thing to judge yourselves among yourselves. He said, a man's not wise to do that. So what are you doing? We've done as we did this morning. As we come through that prayer room, coming cleansed and washed and entering through some gates already that we could be into his presence. That his power, his presence could move upon this house.
Because it's his spirit that draws. None of man can come unless his spirit draws. So, as we watch this from Mark, the 10th chapter. And, uh, in fact, not just this lesson, the next lesson, I'm pretty sure. I know the next lesson, at least, it's going to be pulling from some of this same chapter. We're going to notice some things about this particular chapter and the characters in it. And we're going to see... As we answer the question, who belongs? We're going to see the characters that Jesus Christ allowed to be brought into his presence. Not just in the vicinity of him. Not just in the ballpark. Not just high in the stadiums. Not unreachable or untouchable. But brought close enough into his presence that he could touch them, that he could have a personal conversation with them. You're going to notice in our lessons today that he didn't let the qualifying and disqualifying of others be the outcome of when they were being brought or they was on their way or if they came on their own. That's the reason we don't allow the color of the skin. We don't allow the gender. We don't allow positions in life. I don't care how low or how high. It doesn't matter as vessels of God that God causes us. As he, as we are the vessels of God. The Bible has taught us. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And so as we're led by the Spirit of God to be a witness, what are we witnessing about? A kingdom. The same kingdom that Jesus Christ came preaching. The same kingdom that you and I want to be a part of. That Abraham in the city, a place, looking for a day and a time and a place where there'll be no devil. Be no heartaches, no disappointments, no death, no tears, no sorrows. So you and I have received the earnest of this. and We've been exposed to it. And, and now you and I, as Acts 1 and 8, talks about the Holy Ghost to give us the power to be the witness of this kingdom. And I'm glad today that, that we have the power to choose. We can either walk in the works of the flesh or we can bear the fruits of the Holy Ghost. It's up to you and I. I I'd love to you know, be able to guarantee you that once you got the Holy Ghost, it's a guaranteed deal, buddy. You, you don't have to worry about it. It's No, because the Bible makes it clear to us that these are so worth in vessels. But watch this. How many of us glory in our infirmities? How many of us brag on our weaknesses? Well, Paul did. <laughs> I'm not trying, I'm trying to tell you. See, a miracle has, has created this pride, self-sufficiency, no fear. 
But the problem with that, that spirit at front, if some of the first of it might have been for the right purpose, the right reason. Because we was trying to become a great nation that would give opportunity to whosoever to have an opportunity to worship and serve God as they deemed or redeemed as, as fit. But we didn't realize that further down the road that that same spirit was going to lead us and get a hold of us into an area. We won't wait on God to handle it. In fact, the so-and-so don't take care of it. I'll take care of it. And so now we find ourselves in a place, in an area where if the law don't show up in time, I'll take care of it. I'm going to get off of that one. I can see. But it's whosoever will. It's very important. That's very important. And so... As Holy Ghost-filled people, as disciples of Jesus Christ, as followers after the example that he has given us, that's what we're called on. And I thank God for every Holy Ghost vessel that's in this church that's been a part of my life. You know, you and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for elders. People that have fought the battles and stood the test. And, and so now it's our turn. Man, and who knows what we're going to face before this is all over. But God's going to help us. You know why? Because he's still in the saving business. He's still in the delivering business. Jude made it clear that there would be some at the very end be snatched out. At the very end. And so, as we watch this unfold and begin to take place. And so, we've got to follow the example of the focus verse. Not maybe to the fullness as of Jesus Christ. And, and what I mean by that, he died on that cross. And I've heard, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard guys that's got messed up in the spiritual realm, messed up in their minds and... Uh, they, they talk about, you know, you know, they even talked about dying on a cross. And I told them, well, you'd be in vain. Well, Jesus done it, but you're not Jesus. <laughs> you're a long ways from it. And then they got talking about wanting to, you know, long hair, be like Samson, strong like. But anyway, their minds were messed up. They, they were taking pieces of the word of God in any way. And, uh, but, but you and I have a cross. Scripture has made that plain to us. Everybody's got a cross to bear. Amen. And so as we watch the key verse, the focus verse of what this is all about and what's going to unfold, what's going to take place here today. In Mark 10 and 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. How many loves to be waited on? How many loves to be, you know, pampered? And, you know. I know you're a little hesitant. I don't blame you. I would be too. It just depends, huh? You're right. But I'll be honest with you. I still rather go to restaurants that I serve myself. I really would. I'd much rather go to a place where it's, it's a buffet out there. Man, I got ten choices instead of one. I get to see it before I put it in my plate. 
I don't, when they serve me, I don't even get to see my plate, you know. <laughs> it just brought out there. And you got it. You, bought, you ordered it. You got it. Now, you can like it or dislike it, and you can send it back if it's not cooked well enough or, or and all this other, but that's not in my makeup. Now, I, uh, I, I take that back. If it's red and it's bloody, they're taking it back. But I don't order it to that, okay? <laughs> I really don't like people sitting next to me longer than I can, be honest with you. <laughs> I'm going to eat like this. Nah. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, but, but, but really, I, I still, but we was raised that way. We was, you know, when you got five boys in the house, nobody waited on you. Mama put the supper, supper was still on the, on the I can still remember it, I can see it. It's sitting on the stove and then the cabinet right here. And we come through and picked it up and set it to bar. That's how we ate. We didn't know anything else about any of that other stuff. We didn't know anything about going out to eat. We didn't know anything about, you know, and they talk about all these manners. They Everything got to be so proper. Y'all mess up a good meal. That's all I can tell you. Man, I'm going to prop up here and I'm going to enjoy. <laughs> but anyway, you know, so that's, that's, the way, you know, that's the way it is. But anyway, here we go. So it's, as we watch this and watch what Christ himself, he says, he came to minister. He didn't come to be ministered to, but to minister. And so we're going to focus on that a little bit because to, to be a minister, the first and most probably the most powerful qualification is to have a servant's heart. And it's got to be in the heart. Hmm. Amen. And, 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 and it's got to be the core of who you are and what you are. Or, or it won't last long. Or it'll be only when certain people show up. Or it'll only be for certain ones that meet your qualification. But a servant's heart's willing to serve. It doesn't matter. Hmm. Doesn't matter who they are and where they come from. Often, and I preached a message one time. You know why that, that Peter and James and John and Matthew and Mark and Luke, Matthew and none of them, amen, you know why they asked themselves if they was the one that's going to betray Jesus Christ? Now, Jesus Christ knew, but never in the three and a half years of his relationship and serving the disciples, he never served Judas in a manner in a way that they ever picked up on it, that Judas was going to be the man. And they never any time in that three and a half years of him serving them and, and helping them in every way he could to make them disciples, they never picked up any inkling whatsoever that this man was going to be the man, the character, that was going to be the one that was going to betray him. I heard some of them talking about it with a message that's going through the phone so much now and somebody mentioned Listening, I haven't listened to it. Maybe I've heard it back years ago, but Brother Booker talking about loving like you've never been hurt. Loving like you've never been hurt. And I'm going to tell you, I can just tell by the title. I don't have to listen to the message. And I ain't saying don't. I'm saying listen to it by all means. But, but at the same time, the title enough says enough. Because loving like you've never been hurt is not as easy as everybody might think. World's disasters and pitfalls and things of that nature a man can have its effect upon us but oh God help us keep a servant's heart because you're going to notice even in the three characters that Jesus a man comes in contact with Mark the 10th chapter a man that they're from one extreme to the other and basically in one sense covers a lot of areas 
remember what John, what John 3 and 4 talks about and the characters in those two chapters that deals with the kingdom of God from one extreme to the other. Jairus, a Jewish master, teacher, ruler, one that was educated, one that had a position, but he didn't deny him, even though he came at night. Wasn't the most pleasant time to come. But the next day, he, the next chapter, he goes out of his way to find one at a well. That everybody else was, had done marked off. That everybody else had done rejected. That everybody else, said, that's the reason she was coming at the well at the noon hour. Because the chances of somebody else being there was going to be very, very, very slim. But Jesus was there. Hmm. Jairus came and we know that thou art one from God and of God. No one could teach and do the things you do except God be with him. But he exposes and opens everything up to the lady at the well, telling her that I am the Messiah. Because even she knew that a Messiah was going to come. Are you hearing me? This world's looking. They're looking for something. And that's where it comes so important for you and I is playing the role as a servant. And having a servant's heart to introduce to them a Savior. To introduce to them a God. That's the reason that we don't, I'm going to say it. We don't walk the way they walk. We don't talk the way they talk. We don't have the spirits they got. We don't dress like them. We don't act like them. We don't go to places they go. We're not entertained with what they're entertained with. We find more joy and pleasure in the house of God than any other place. Coming to the house of God is not a grudgery to us. It's an absolute delight and a joy to come, to be in the house of God, to worship God. We'd rather have revivals, amen, amen, than any other events. Hallelujah. But watch the world. They be causing more and more events. They're having more, more avenues and more idols and more gods to take up their time and go to their places. They want to have less church and more of that stuff. And you know what? You and I as a church need to turn that around. We need to have more church and not less. We don't need to have just one service a Sunday and I hope that's not offense to anybody but we still need to have two services on Sunday. We still need to have the midweek services. In fact we ought to start tying in a couple of more in between there any time that you and I can join together from house to house and break the bread of life. Why? Because we're servants of God. We can invite our neighbors and expose them to help and a presence because we're living in a world that's full of demonical forces and powers and darkness and the only one that can help them is Jesus Christ. But the only way you've got to persuade them, you've got to first to pray them that you love them and that you care about them man you can buy them the world but if you don't love them or care about them they don't feel like you love them or care about them it won't mean nothing to them you got to show them that you care you got to show them that you love them and I believe that's the reason the Bible says a man that wins souls is wise there's a season, there's a time, there's, he understands as a soul winner, hey, I'm just a part of this, I'm not the whole. I may just be the planter, or I may just be the one watering. And let God use the five-fold ministry, and let God use all of it working together, bring it about that God could give the increase 
Okay. Goes on in that particular verse. I'm trying to get my, But to minister and to give what? His life as a ransom for us. A ransom, a ransom. That's what he done. Uh, I, as I looked at that, that verse, you can't help but take the word of God and use it as a mirror and look at you and examine your own life. And I just wonder how often have I been a ransom for somebody? How often was I willing to die or submit or yield? I know Paul taught us at times that it's better off just to take, take the lost. Okay. Jesus went as far as loaned it to them. They don't bring it back. They come back and loan it to them again. So that's, that's, that's in depthness, okay? I've heard, I've heard, you know, I'm going to put it this way, Christian people. He got me once, but he won't get me the second time. And they don't know their Bible. Because the spirit's wrong is the big deal. That's, that's the big deal. It's not all the other. It's the spirit. And so, okay, let's, let's, let's go through some of this. So let's, let's look at this particular part here. Uh, even when you go to Matthew 20. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. Man, how, how many of you like to work for bosses that's real arrogant? High-minded, know-it-alls, and they conduct themselves that way. Why y'all smiling at me? Praise God. <laughs> None of us likes to. Now, there's times when you've you got to be the boss. There's times, sometimes you've got to draw the line. Sometimes you've got to make the decision. I know one thing. I always worked for my, I worked even at the shipyard. And, and if we was going to do something, and I brought it to their attention. Now, it was never unsafe. Now, I have to admit, I've never worked for any boss that ever want me to do anything unsafe. If that was ever pointed out, they, I've never had one that but, uh, you know, but one, hey, no, this is the way I want it done. It's okay. It's going to be upside down, but we're going to do it. And we're going to redo it. But you're paying me to do it this time. And I know a lot of people, oh, okay, well, they're going to pay me the same. When I do it one time, if I do it ten times, they're going to still pay me. <laughs> and so he's the boss. And as long as I brought it to his attention, he's the boss. As he said, he told me to do it, I'm going to do it. You don't have to agree with me. That's okay. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just going to check your spirit. Because <laughs> God's going to call on you sometimes as a servant to go to, out down some avenues, to go before some people. And you're not going to want to. I listened to a guy this week. I was trying to help another fella. Going to help a guy get a job. And that fella informed this other fella is going to help him get the job. He says, I don't like people telling me what to do. He said, I have a problem, man, telling me what to do. Man, the flags went up and the brakes went on. He said, do what? <laughs> Basically, what just happened, this guy forgot all about trying to help this guy get a job. It's over with. It's a done deal. 
Because I see now why you don't have a job. <laughs> the chances of you having one very long, the next time's not going to be very long. Because all of us, all of us, have to submit, and the scriptures told us, Ephesians, submit ourselves one to another. I'm talking about a servant's heart here. Watch this. Did Jesus Christ have to submit? Did he not have a Gethsemane? Did he not have to submit, not my will, but thy will? Did he not approach God, if there be any other way? A ransom. A cross. A price. A price. And so, that's what, what just unfolded. But he's got, he talks about it here in Matthew 20, how that over the Gentiles and those over them and how they demand and want to put themselves in positions and things of that nature. But watch, Jesus Christ came, amen, to be our example, to show us the way. And we're going to focus on some of that. So where do we start? John 13 and 14. If I then, your Lord and Master, he's talking to the disciples. This is the end of the, the journey, right at it. Have washed your feet. You also ought to what? Wash one another's feet. Follow me. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. To wash one another's feet. To pray for one another. To uh, encourage one another. I want to encourage. I want to I be one of those who would help we're full of mercy and full of compassion, full of long-suffering. Uh, notice those that come to Jesus Christ, and not so much of their characters today, but other times. Um, amen. They, they would give him thanks and praise for his mercy first. Thank you for your mercy. Allowing me to come, to be in the presence, to, to come before you. That mercy and grace that's brought me to this place and to this point. And so as we watch these examples, Philippians 2 and 5 begins to Let this mind be in you, which was what? Also in Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, but took upon him the form of a servant. A servant. Willing to serve, willing to, to uh, offer ourselves and give ourselves in that manner and in that form, making ourselves available, amen, amen, to be that servant, to be a witness, to, to give instructions and guidance and examples unto others. Those, those small things, don't ever, don't, don't ever underestimate what a phone call, the difference a phone call can make sometimes, amen. You're not calling to be nosy. You're not getting into their business. You're just calling and letting them know, hey, we love you, we missed you, and, and, and make sure that's clear, you know, that you're not, you know, you let the pastor take care of the other part. Amen. And you just call, let them know, hey, we loved you and we missed you. And we just, I just let you know we missed you. Amen. It's something like that. Amen. And we're praying for you, you know. And you have to be careful saying that because a lot of times they take that offensive. I'll be honest with you. Because they think, well, they, they must think I'm sinning. They must think I'm I mean, the devil works. I'm telling you, the devil works. He knows how to twist and sort things, and so that's the reason wise, 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 wise. Words, amen. It's like golden nuggets and pictures of silver. Amen. You, you, they got to be so carefully spoken and how they're spoken. And not only the words. I'm going to tell you something. I know I mentioned this just the other day, and I'm still praying. I'm asking God, God, I want even my body language and my, my countenance on my face, not just in this pulpit, but at all times and all places. Amen. That the countenance and, and how we respond and how we do things. You know, when certain by certain certain individual walks into your business, amen, and they're so, they're all decked out, and I 
I put it that way. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. They're going to notice that. Oh, my God. I wonder where that fruit can't come from. Bible says once you've offended them, you can win the whole city, but you won't win that one. And, and, and so we're living in a world that's a lot easier offended than it used to be. It don't take near as much. And we can, we can get on that bandwagon. Well, they need to get thicker skin. And they need to do this. And they need to do that. Uh, 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 again, uh, come on. I'm, I'm a servant. It's about a soul. It's about being wise. It's following the example of Jesus Christ. I mean, there was times, amen, he didn't have to even let them come into his presence. But he did. So, goes on, he says, made no separate reputation, servant was made in the likeness of men, and being found in the fashions as a man, he humbled himself. Found as a fashion, he humbled himself. Some of this is on us. It's on us to humble ourselves. Nobody can do it. Now, now things can happen to humble us. But, but it, I, I believe it pleases God when we're willfully ready to be humble. And there'll be times, I'm going to just tell you, there's going to be times they're going to call you a sissy. There's going to be times they say, oh, you should have manned up, and you should have done this, and you should have done that. No, the Holy Ghost said to keep my mouth shut, and God said he'd take care of it. <laughs> Praise God. And so if we'll just let God... Because you know what? We're after souls. And no matter who they are and where they're coming from, we're trying to win people. We're trying to win souls. And that's what it's about. Hebrews 5 helps us and begins, talks about what Jesus, how did Jesus learn obedience? Anybody know what Hebrews says about that? I'm not going to read the scriptures. Time will allow me. By suffering. That's what the Hebrew writer says. Jesus Christ himself learned obedience by suffering, submitting, humbling. What did Jesus Christ do after 12 years of age? The scripture said he submitted himself unto his mother and father. You know why? Because Paul is going to move in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, and tell us that our children, amen, if they'll be obedient to their parents in the Lord. That they can be blessed with many days. Not just blessed with many days upon this earth. But you're, there's some benefits of health. There's benefits with this. So, so Jesus Christ has given these examples unto us. As we follow and submit. Now let's carry that a step further. You and I would call him our heavenly father. And so. I'm going to submit to my Heavenly Father because our Father knows best, don't he? He knows how to guide us, how to instruct us. And so even some things that we have to suffer, we learn obedience through suffering. I, I want to, I want to, anybody ever suffered for something, in the, but in that suffering, you, you purpose in your mind. If you've been reading Proverbs, you'll pick it up pretty quickly. Amen. There's some that never learns from suffering. Many stripes, they never turn. They just keep on being rebellious. They're going to have it their way. But some, amen, those that's hungering and thirsting after wisdom, that's hungering and thirsting after truth and knowledge and pleasing to God, you know what? They're not going to go through that too many times because they're going to start saying, God, if you'll just show me, if you'll just help me to see it. I, I didn't have to get too many whippings from Daddy. 
to know that I didn't want to get whipping some daddy. Okay? I mean, that's just the way it was. And I know we're living in a generation now that wants to do away with the rod. But again, go back to Proverbs. Rod. You spare that rod. And there's a time and place. And I know I mentioned that the other day. But I'm just, but God uses it. God is still working. As servants, as servants, I, we must be corrected. He doesn't love us if he doesn't correct us. You know, so he's going to, and I'm not exempt, okay? I'm, I'm preaching to myself right here. God, correct me. I want to be corrected. I don't want to wind up getting there and then I'm lacking here and lacking there. Things that I know that was within my power and servable ability, amen. But I just didn't quite get a hold of it or didn't, didn't realize it. Have you ever done a job and the boss never said nothing? You've done it two or three times and finally he finally blows his top. You know, he finally gets enough of it. He finally comes to you. I don't want you done it this way. Why didn't you say that three weeks ago? Maybe he did, and I wouldn't listen. <laughs> I can't throw it all on him. Because he might look at me. I did three times in a row. But you get my attention now, don't you? Because I'm about to knock your head off. <laughs> yeah, you got my attention now. I got, I'm listening with both ears now. I got an understanding. And so that's what this humbling and yielding ourselves. And that's what the cross, bearing the cross sometimes is all about. And so from Hebrews, we run this. And, but not only does he want us to learn obedience, obedience is for a purpose, for a reason. Uh, I'm very concerned of, of how many uh, places are popping up and uh, to some degree as the way man measures it are prospering and, and, and filling up their places. But yet there's not a whole lot of real godly righteousness and separation there. You, you, I mean, if you, if you put them with all the world, there's no difference. And it don't take long rubbing shoulders with them that there's not a whole lot of difference in their response unto the world and how to handle problems and how to handle situations. You realize, oh, wait a minute, that's, that's that old spirit. That's that old man's way of handling it. That's what I'm, I'm trying to get away from. That's what I'm trying to find deliverance from. I want to do it God's way. And, and so as you watch this, go to Isaiah 53. And again, I won't read all the scriptures here, but let me just read a few of them. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou make his soul an offering for sin... He shall see his seed, and he shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Now, we know he's talking about the Messiah. He's talking about Jesus Christ. But the benefit of this and the outcome of this and what's going to unfold from this. He shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. And it's not a shall be righteous servants justify, justify many. This servant, amen, is going to justify many and make them upright and clean and pure as vessels of God. Amen. Because we're servants. It's all all about being a servant. That's the difference with the sin and living for God. And the new writer talks about that. What we once yielded ourselves to, but now we've been transformed. Now we've been delivered. And now we're not that type of vessel. No, we become a vessel of God. Hey, this is very important. You know why? Because when the love of that gets in your heart and the love of that gets in your spirit, it really doesn't matter what everybody else does. It really doesn't matter what everybody else is thinking. I want to please God above 
above everything else. I want to be his servant. This is why I want to be that soul winner and that light bearer. You know why? Because God, there's no talent to whom, to whom whoever I come in contact with or expose myself to, amen, you in the business of saving their souls. So all of this really begins to play. And I could go to Daniel's, but I won't do that. Amen. Because of the spiritual deliverance from sin. I, I know I'm putting a lot into this, trying to get us to that point place as a ransom. Amen. And paying that price. Amen. You can't enjoy the pleasures of the world. You can't enjoy those things and you can't let flesh and carnality have its way and expect to be the, the vessel and that and pay the price and pay the ransom, amen, to see souls born and lives delivered because by the power of God, amen, that God flows through us and operates through us, not just in this local assembly, but when we walk out there in the highways and the byways into those places, amen, to see what, what God wants to do for us. And, and I realize my time's up, but, but just give me a few minutes here. Let, let me just talk a little bit. Let me, let me do this. Let's, let's go to the characters. The first one that you read about in Mark that they bring out. Now, the beginning of Mark touches a very tough topic to start with. But then the 13th verse, it begins to talk about how that there were some that brought their children. Here they're called children. Another place young. Another place infants that are brought to Jesus Christ. And and the disciples uh, rejected. They tried to, they hindered. They tried to persuade them not, not to take up the Lord's time. It was like children were not important. According to history and things of that nature in that setting or time, amen, there wasn't. They would say, hey, hey, you know, you just always kept them out. You, you know, doing their, their, but, but here, but Jesus stops him. He actually rebukes and stops the disciples and, and he welcomes them to him. In fact, why is that so important? The scriptures taught us in Matthew, except you become as a little child, you can't even enter the kingdom of God. Except you become converted and as a little child. Why is a little child, a little child will believe you? You can tell a little child to do some crazy stuff sometime and they'll believe it. Now, why? They, they're prone. They're something. They're hungry. And they, they want to believe. They, they, so they, they believe anything. They, and watch this. They don't even question it. They just believe daddy and mama. They just believe that whenever. And so Jesus had them brought in. And he took the time. Amen. And you can, we can all think about his three and a half years. And it was a busy schedule. But he took time. Amen. To take them in his hands. And set them on his lap. He took time. Amen. When they questioned about the kingdom of God. He took time to find a little lad bring and set that lad before them and tell him except he come as a little child and so you know what all of us in that community we got to go back to be as like that little child to be that servant amen to have trust and faith in the voice of God in the word of God and the unto the Holy Ghost that where it leads us and guides us and it doesn't matter who it's before amen that we're welcome that we will welcome them that we're never too busy amen amen that may be a group of people or individuals that nobody else has any time for but Jesus is all Always got time, amen, for anybody and everybody, amen, that's willing to humble themselves and cry out to them and reach out to him. Jesus has always got time <laughs> to spend time with them. But that's where you and I comes in, amen, as that vessel, as that witnessing of his love, his compassion. And it's in the heart of the American people for children. That's the reason the laws, and I, I know to some extreme, we can, we can get on both sides of that, but I'm not going to do it. 
Then it goes to the, the rich young ruler. Matthew again tells us about that, and we'll talk about that more next week. But, but the verse that was so important in our lesson today was even after the young ruler, he comes. Now, he comes on his own. He just, in a sense, if you read it, it's like he just comes sliding in, busting in. Now, Jesus didn't run him off, and Jesus didn't. He didn't do him like he'd done the lady. He didn't ignore him, but he listened to him. And he wanted to know what it was going to take to have eternal life. And so he began to mention him about keeping. And talks about, you know, not commit adultery, not to murder, not to be a thief. And he just, he just breaks in on him. He said, I've kept all them some from my youth. Which that's great. That's awesome. That's what you're supposed to do. But then the Lord looks at him and says, but thou lackest one thing. But watch this. How did Jesus look at him? What did Scripture say? He loved him. He done it out of love. He wasn't arrogant. He didn't have an expression of arrogance. I'm gonna tell you something. Your body language says a lot more than you may want to say. You may want to admit it says. Okay. It's hard to convince somebody you're not mad when your eyes are budging out and your red face and <laughs> steam coming out your ears. <laughs> okay? But he loved him. And out of love, he informed him, but thou lackest one thing. Thou lackest one thing. And so all of the work of God, even his correct. And correcting us is out of love. His ultimate goal is that for us to make it. That's what it's all. And so watch this. In all the witnessing, regardless of how long it might take, and, and, and again, listen to the Holy Ghost. There's going to be time the Holy Ghost says, okay, you've done all you can do. You go on. You obey that. It doesn't matter who it is either. Close of kin, stranger, good friend. You just got to obey the Holy Ghost. But there may be times when God says, one more time, show a little love, show a little compassion. It's all about compassion. The scriptures taught us many a times in the ministry of Jesus Christ that was out of compassion. One place it said, he healed them all out of compassion. Compassion goes a long way, showing that we care. You don't have to agree. You don't have to even condone things that's not right. But at the same time, you've got to let them know we love you anyway. Regardless of your lifestyle, regardless of how you're dressed, regardless if you've acted like the devil <laughs> right, right before me. <laughs> you act like I don't know what, but we're still going to love them. Why? Because we're after a soul. We're after eternity. We're after something that's far greater and more powerful. As vessels of God, this is what it's about. Let's stand. I know I'm going beyond my time here. Ransom actually means to release, to forgive. And so Jesus Christ paid a price. And you know what? Jesus Christ himself taught us. You know, because most of the times we're geared and fashioned to do things to prosper the most. Am I right? But, but... 
but God's ways is so different. Jesus Christ, he was the one that taught us, amen, about hell. He taught us about the eternal lake. He taught us about broad, and he taught us about the few. Prior to going to the cross and bearing the cross, Jesus knew that the majority was not going to win, was not going to believe him. But he, what's this? If there'd only been one, and you had been that one, he'd have went to the cross. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and so sometimes that's the same spirit, the same attitude that we have to have. Amen. That to give them an opportunity to be redeemed, to be reconciled, to be saved. Now, I know the last character I haven't mentioned yet, Barnabas. Blind Barnabas. When everybody else was trying to get him to shut down and be quiet, but Jesus heard his cry, and Jesus stops everything. To some, he's nothing to a beggar. And that's where sometimes we have to just be careful. Because it may not just be blindness in the natural. But what about blindness in the spiritual? And so we may have to stop everything. To take that time and put forth that effort. Try to help them because we haven't always seen all this so clearly either. And the Bible says we're looking through a darkly glass. And we don't see all the images and all that like we'd like to. But it's a revelation that God, what's the Paul, the apostle of the Gentiles, thought he was doing the right thing in the name of God, persecuting the church. Even he witnessed and testifies. I've done it through ignorance. But when Ananias came and prayed for him, what did the Bible say happened? Scales fell from his eyes. Who says that still doesn't happen today? They may not be a Paul. There's only been one Paul, okay? Others can follow the example and likeness. But you and I could be a witness to touch that individual, to take that time. Amen. And this is what I want us to pray this morning. That God would help us as a church. We want to recommit, rededicate ourselves as a servant. Listen to what I'm fixing to say. Sometimes we can use the handle that I'm a son of God and I've got the Holy Ghost. And, that, and that, it's almost like that, that gives me all the rights. And I demand God and I demand this to happen. And, and I'm going to tell you, you won't say you demand God. But your approach will say it. Your spirit will say it. And that worries me. Because when we approach God that way, that's dangerous. But if we approach him in a manner and a way with true humbleness and meekness. And for his mercy, the chances of receiving it's a whole lot better. Because I believe everybody here would just say, I don't deserve the blessings I've, just, I've, I've received. I'm living far better than what I deserve. 
God's been good to me. But there are things that we can face that that spirit's like on our world today that keeps being hatched up. We want justice. Let me ask, let me tell y'all, tell all of us something. None of us wants justice. True justice between us and God is death. But thank God for his mercy. I want to, I want to display that. I want to, I didn't go into the scriptures. I, I wanted to, you go, all right, what's it? The word was what? The word was made flesh. God was made flesh. Jesus Christ became that example. Now you and I are the ones that manifest, that declares how awesome God is, how merciful, how long-suffering, how powerful, how he can change. You, you, you see what I'm saying? That's us. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. One encounter may be all that you ever get. But you know what? God positioned you there because it's enough. If that vessel's willing, if that vessel's hungry. You know what the biggest problem of our world today? They're hungry for the wrong things. Bible says, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. But here's the deal. God help me that when I get around somebody that's hungry for righteousness, that man, I can pick up on it and do everything I can to help them as a vessel, as a servant, to introduce them to truth. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and appreciate you this morning. We're so, so thankful today for your grace and your mercy, the powers of your love that's been manifested in our lives, the declaring powers of your compassion and long-suffering. We've experienced it on a personal basis. And so, God, we want to walk in like-mindedness. We want to bear the cross and run the race. We want to finish the course. We want to keep this faith and doctrines that's upright and wholesome in your sight. We want your baptism upon our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. We're living in a world, amen, that's full of trouble. We live in a world that's full of wickedness. And sometimes we feel like we're being bombarded from every direction. But, God, we find you as our helper and strengthen God as you move upon our minds, our hearts, and our spirits. Renew us, God, even here this morning. Become the servants that you're calling us to be, to bear the cross, to run this race. Amen. To serve others in the manner and the way that'll bring them to you, that'll bring them to the powers of your grace, the powers of your mercy, that'll introduce them to this one true apostolic doctrine, that'll set their souls free, that'll give them life and a reason to live. God, I'm asking you to bless every man, woman, boy, and girl in this assembly this morning with a good fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost, with a good fresh touch of Jesus Christ. Put in us, God, a passion, amen, to live for you, a joy to walk this pathway, to be your servants, God, to run this race, to do what the work that you had put on our hearts, our minds, and in our spirit. You help us to be the local assembly in Bendale, Mississippi, that people can come and find you and experience you and the powers of your love, the powers of your mercy, the powers of your grace, amen, to be transformed and brought into this beautiful kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus. Jesus Christ, all the praise and glory and honor be lifted to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Love you today. Appreciate you. Love you. God bless you. See you tonight, 530 prayer time, 6 o'clock service time. God bless you.